Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Ice and Firecast, episode number 21, I believe. Might have to double check on that one, probably, I think, 21. Uh, this one titled Season 8, Episode 4, The Last of the Starks. Uh, my name is John Prez, uh, and joining me today, please welcome back to the show, my good friend Max Bennett. Max, how are you doing tonight? Not too bad. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, it's an interesting. I, I, I'm actually. I think for the first time in a long time, uh, Max, I'm pretty interested to see how you think um, the show is going, mm-hmm. and not even. I think not even how the episode went, but even just how the show is doing overall. Kind of our thoughts. Um, very interested to see how you think about the show. Uh, it's it's so. I've gone through many emotions with the show throughout this season, and uh, I'm just excited to get back into it. Uh, just want to say a couple things, guys. Uh, apologize uh, for the late show here. Uh, it is now Thursday. Uh, we kind of don't don't have a lot of time, um, and we've just been super busy recently. And so we normally have like two episodes per per week, but uh, we apologize for um, uh, only having uh, the one episode. But uh, welcome to our review of episode four of season eight of game of thrones um we just want to say thank you to all the listeners uh thank you so much for everyone for listening for all those who have uh sent uh reviews and sent uh just nice comments about the show so just want to say thank you so much uh you know uh we we are fans uh who try to make a podcast for game of thrones a show that we love a show that we adore um and so, uh, honestly, thank you. Uh, if you like the show or anything about the show, please uh, visit us on on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, and hopefully, more podcasts soon, uh, like SoundCloud or like uh, Spotify and on and Anchor and stuff like that. So, just stay tuned for that. Uh, and with that, I think we should get into the episode. Um, Max, how you how do you feel? Like how there's so many. I feel like. We're going to recap, I think, the episode, uh, like, scene by scene and stuff like that and do our normal shtick, but I just wanted to get kind of your general thoughts on um, how season, how uh, episode four went for you. Uh, I've, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we feel the same a little bit. It's, it, it's Yeah, it's a little complicated because right. on one hand... Okay. I know that there's a lot of complaints. Yep. And I think a lot of the complaints are justified. 100%. On the other hand, I think that the show would never ever be able to satisfy everyone. Sure. And we're beginning to see that manifesting itself. Um I I to take a tangent, and there's a there's going to be a spoiler here for yeah. oh, Endgame. For Endgame. Let's, so if, well, let's just yeah. do our spoiler warning right now. Because this is our normal review episode, uh, you've been warned. We're having much many spoilers. I think it's okay to spoil Endgame, which is fine. Uh, because, you know, the Russo brothers themselves said, you know, Monday was the, was, the, was the lift on the embargo for everyone. So, yeah, go ahead, Max. Last warning. Yes. So, um... It, it, yeah, so after the uh, the news came out, um, I think it was the Russo brothers were talking about it that the, the one of the final scenes in the film when when Tony Stark has all the the Infinity Stones and he says and Thanos says I am inevitable and then Tony replies back I am Iron Man. That wasn't in the original script. 
-hmm. it wasn't actually even filmed originally it was an editor months after they had filmed being like yeah this scene kind of sucks we should change it Mm. and finally going through and so I, i say that because i think it illustrates that even directors who are considered probably one of the better I think of them as one person. So mm-hmm. one of the better directors mm-hmm. at the moment didn't even initially think of or write in what's kind of already become a very iconic line scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a certain level of unfair criticism of the show writers. So uh, Benny and Weiss and kind of, I think anyone sort of any of the story writers involved with Game of Thrones is that like, I do think there's a little bit of like, everyone thinks they can do better, but uh, I think it's very easy to criticize, but it's a lot harder to actually come up with something better. Sure. On the other hand, I think that what we are seeing is we are starting to see the seams tear. Mm-hmm of the shorter seasons Mm -hmm. not giving them the space to do some very basic things and so the show is starting to feel disjointed sure Um, yeah yeah and and so i think it it kind of manifested so we were watching so i i will preface it for that um i accidentally spoiled season episode four um because it had leaked earlier and so i've read it of course it it popped up and i was like ah crap all right (laughs) so i so i looked it up yeah and um, we're watching the episode, and I'm like, well, maybe the leaks were wrong because I think it was about 50 minutes in, and they were still in Winterfell. Mm. And so it's a 75, 80 minute episode, and then all of a sudden, all the other stuff happened. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The quick stuff. Then it goes 100 like, miles. Is this like this just came out of nowhere? Yeah. And I think that that's where you're starting to see that where there's like where if you're writing like a 10 episode season. And you could say, you know, these are the seven or eight things that we want to do in that episode or in that season. You could kind of space them out logically. Now they're trying to take, you know, 15 or 20 things because there's all these different plots that all need to kind of come in for a landing. Right. And they've got six episodes and now only two. Right. Mm. And I think we're starting to see of like, you know, they're they're trying to bring all these things in for a landing and, and planes are crashing. And some are landing, but a lot of them aren't. So I think it's just kind of, uh, I think that's kind of the, at a macro level, that's the issues that we're starting to see. Sure. Um, and why I think people are starting to sour. You know, you saw some rumblings last week with just sort of the way that stuff happened in the episode. Um, and then I think it kind of boiled over with this week, um, particularly in the last 20 minutes or so. Sure. Um, and so it's just, you know, that's kind of where my mind is at is like there's still two more episodes we need to see where it ends yeah, yeah. but i am i am increasingly concerned that the ending won't be satisfying which is sort of like what my criteria was i think when we f- recorded the first episode it was like yeah. i don't really yeah, yeah. care the content of how it ends i just want it to be i just want to be satisfied with the ending and i'm i'm starting to get that little that that little voice in the back of my head saying yeah, yeah i don't think that's gonna happen yeah i it's, uh, I I mean I uh, pretty much uh, repeat every thought that you had on the show. It's just I don't know. Like I'm start. We've I think when we first started this the the season, I think most of us were pretty optimistic coming in that you know we all knew we all kind of knew the deal, right? They had 
six episodes. They still had a lot of unanswered questions. Um, and they had to pretty much unravel every thread that they had put into place over the course of seven seasons, right? Like we all kind of knew the deal. I think what we didn't expect, at least for me, I don't think we expected, I think the pace and the scope of how things were going to unravel. Because, you know, I think for, for, you know, lack of a better words, I think we all trusted Benioff and Weiss. I mean, even though we saw hints of kind of this, the start, the starting of the unraveling um, that you talked about in like season seven, um, especially towards the end of the season. Um, but I think most of us, uh, I want to believe we trusted um, Benioff and Weiss to kind of bring it home, you know? Um, and, you know, for me, I'm very torn, Max, because I because on on one end, right, like there's so many things they still have to answer, like so many things they have to kind of unravel, so many threads they have to kind of make straight, right? Mm-hmm. And there's not that much time left, you know. Uh, if you would have told, if you would have told me that after after episode three, there would still be kind of a filler episode, so to speak, because I expected personally. And I don't know if it's my expectations or is the reason why I'm let down a little bit, but I don't know. I I felt like after epi- like episode three was the big one, right? And even episode, even even episode three was kind of a letdown in, in many regards, right? Like for many people, not just myself. Um, but I expected it after episode three to just go go like go go go, and you know I, I know the show is, you know I how I feel is just that Benioff and Weiss since the beginning of even before, like let's go back 20, let's go back 20 months max. Right. Like we all knew that, okay, they have two years to try and make this thing as satisfying to the fans and to their vision as possible. Right. And I think, I think from that moment, 20 months ago, I think we would have like, we, you could kind of see that they were fighting a, such a uphill battle. Um, and in many regards, uh, part of the problem is just the, the time, the timing, man. Like, there really is no time left, Max, you know? And I know that they want to do their vision, and I know they want to go at, go at not not even, you know, necessarily at their pace, but the pace of the show itself, like what has to happen in this show for, th- like, to tell their story. I think part of the problem is we're seeing that there's so many things that they've set up over seven seasons and now they have to kind of answer those questions. It's that there's no, there's no more time left. And so, uh, so for, uh, as a causation, it's like, that's where all the problems are coming from. You know, like the, you know, especially, you, you know, you talked about the last 20 minutes of just boom, 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 not making a lot of sense. Characters not doing things that they normally do, uh, pace and, and scope and, and time, even time in the show, not making any sense, uh, logistic, logistically, right? Like on that end, I feel for both sides, you know, the fans who want, I think, and deserve, you know, such a well thought out story. And then on the other end, I feel for Benioff and Weiss who really, you know, and I don't know HBO, like, I, you know, you can, I think HBO, I, I think part of the, I don't, Max, if I, you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously this is the last season. They can't keep paying these characters and these actors, you know, 
like they can't pay him forever they can't keep him under contract forever i'm sure some of these you know characters and actors and actresses on the show want to move on to the next thing and so you know obviously we have that problem and you know they, they deserve to move on to other things but you know at the same time it's like you can't help but feel for i think benioff and weiss and, and everyone on the show who you know were we're really seeing i think the uh, causation and just the the um the reality that it's it might not end well you know and that's kind of how i feel max like it kind of sucks and i'm really torn because on one end i really want the show to be like satisfying like you say and i really want it to make sense and for all the threads to be unraveled properly and for it to give it its time but at the same time we know that there is no time like time is over it's done you know yeah and, and i do think they're getting a little i think there's a little bit of um I, I always look at it like in terms of video games where if something good has happened happens the video game developers get the credit but if something bad happens it's the publisher's fault oh um, right right I think of I think of the same thing as where people are attributing all the good things to George R. R. Martin and then criticizing Benioff and, and Weiss mm-hmm. um, without looking at I think kind of the the context that mm-hmm. the, the point where George R. R. Martin essentially stopped writing, mm-hmm. which is at the end of um, a Dance with Dragons. Yep. The 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 story is literally at its widest. Right. It, it was at the point that they had to take it. It was split by continent <laughs> and then it's the yeah. storyline in parallel and that's the point where they were basically like all right you guys got to finish it <laughs> yeah and, um and i've heard conflicting reports of like at first they there was the the story was oh no the show is just gonna finish it their way and then um and then uh george will do his george way. r Martin will do it his way and right. then i heard something later that it was like no he did tell them what the ending is and they're kind right. of like fall they just have to like he told them point c and they're at point a and, and b is up to the writers right um, right so there's a little conflicting information there but like i do think there's a it that piece is getting left out from a lot of the kind of the the larger discussions that are happening of that they're not exactly being given the easiest task in the world either of there's just like all of these storylines and like, you know, some of them, like, they just literally just dropped Dorn in the span of, like, 10 minutes because at the beginning of season seven, I believe. Because it was like, oh, this isn't actually relevant to anything we're doing. And they were just like, yeah, kill those characters off. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I do think some of that also played into... You, there was always such this heavy emphasis on the White Walkers yep. and, and the Night... And, and actually, I, I say the Night King, even though he doesn't actually exist in the books. Um, and I think that was sort of the show's... I think the show put too much emphasis on that because the books don't. And I think that's where some of this... the, um, I think that's where maybe some of the like expectations got out of whack is that like in George R. R. Martin's world... Well, the, the yeah, the White Walkers lose. Yeah, but in so like everyone had kind of built up the Night King to be this huge enemy, like the enemy of the enemies, kind of a thing. And then it was like, oh no, he's got to lose, so it it doesn't play right. right. And so I think that's just kind of like you're saying, it's just the things that we're seeing. But then it's also just like you know, to to kind of dive into the episode is like we see a shot of Rhaegal, press F, um, 
who, you know, we see him, he's, he's not being able to fly very well after the battle with Viserion. Um, and like we see him and they're like, oh, he needs to heal. He needs to rest and all that kind of stuff. And then a couple of minutes later, he's flying fine. And like, you can see some scarring. And then he, he immediately gets shot down by medieval mm-hmm. anti-air. So it's just like, you know, it's just, it, we jumped and I guess the, the, the implication was that when Daenerys took the boats down to Dragonstone, weeks have passed, but the show isn't doing a very good job of like explaining that. So it's just very jarring when we just go scene from, it, it's literally just scene, 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 and there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, there was like 50 minutes of filler mm-hmm. at the beginning. Of the sure. So you're kind of like, you couldn't have repurposed like 20 of that. Like just <laughs> cut it in half. Like there was just so much nonsense. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let's, uh, well, let's get into the episode and we can kind of nitpick it. I think scene by scene. Um, and you'll have to help me, Max. Like let's go through the plot. I've only seen the episode once, Max. And it's the kind of the first time that I've seen the episode. Like, or it's the first time in a long time where I've only watched the episode like once. If that, does that make sense? And so like, mm-hmm. Part of the problem was Max. I didn't want to watch the episode. I thought, I thought the beginning parts were so unwatch, not un, uh, unrewatchable. If that makes sense, you know, like I didn't want to have to go through all of what was happening at the beginning again. And then you didn't want to watch it for the the coffee cup. <laughs> I did not. By the way, uh, we do. We're gonna mention that in a second. But HBR already fixed that digitally on the uh, streaming services. So if you go back <laughs> right now, you'll miss uh, a very interesting piece of history for the show. But yeah, I mean, I, I I just didn't want to rewatch that whole beginning part. I and then the ending really, I think kind of put me in a very sour and different place that I just was like, nope, I think I'm good. Like, I don't have to rewatch it. I'm going to do my best and we're going to do our best to try and recap the episode for you. So if we miss something, we apologize, but this is going all off of memory and what <laughs> I am finding on the Game of Thrones wiki. Okay. So Max, we start off in Winterfell. Winterfell after the battle of Winterfell, <laughs> uh, of them fighting the White Walkers and the Night King and you know, it's the aftermath and, and it starts off with all the bodies and all the people who have died. Most notably, we have um, uh, Sir Jorah Mormont, who R.I.P. We have uh, uh, a lot of the Night's Watch. And of course, we have um, Dolores Ed. We have Lyanna Mormont. Uh, so R.I.P. the entire house of Mormont, who are, you know, like I think that they're yeah. pretty much done. All right. Right, Max? They're pretty yeah, much done. yeah. Bear Island didn't have that many to begin with. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Uh, also, R.I.P. to uh, Theon Greyjoy and a bunch of other characters. Am I missing anyone? Like, that's the biggest <sighs> ones. The uh, head blood rider died. The head blood Dolores rider drive. Deloria said we ha- we mentioned, but anyway, we have this really, I think, um, very touching moment of of them uh, sending them on fire, kind of saying their last goodbyes. Uh, some notable thoughts or notable things that happened was uh, Sansa Stark was mourning Theon, gave him uh, what I th- what I was really confused, um, gave him a Stark pin. Uh, for some reason, in my head, it looked like it kind of looked like you know what the the queen or the king would give like their hand. Um, mm-hmm. It almost looked like that. Sim- it almost to me looked like that symbol. Um, but I think what it really meant and what it really symbolized was that. Theon was always a Stark, uh, if definitely not by blood, but 
you know, that was his home. He was raised by the Starks. Sansa and the Starks, for all intents and purposes, um, always thought of him as a brother, uh, which is a very nice, uh, I think, fitting way for him to go. Um, I, I, I thought that was fine. Like, I don't know. Did you, like, fine? Yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it it, it was a nice... Uh, and it is so far has been one of the the nice conclusions to a storyline right of sure him coming full circle sure for sure um okay so uh we we kind of move ahead let's move ahead to the uh bar not bar the hall scene uh which very much looked like to me max like a rendition of either the first episode of game of thrones when they were all in the hall and drinking and stuff like that mm-hmm. or a little bit of the red wedding in my like it looked a little bit of the red <laughs> wedding with all the candles and stuff like that so i thought that was a really interesting shot uh a lot of callbacks this episode and i hope hopefully we'll get to it um and then we get uh gendry who's looking <laughs> looking for aria um <laughs> has a funny conversation with uh with um the, the hound and as he gets up to go find aria uh danny daenerys targaryen uh acknowledges him and uh, I always wondered when that was going to happen, Max. Uh, and, and I think we get it this episode, which uh, I never thought we would get it. But um, Danny uh, questions uh, Gendry's heritage as Robert Baratheon's son and bastard. Um, interesting fact that I found out for the first time: if you are a bastard in the King in King's Landing, you're called Rivers is your last name just like if you're a bastard in the north so you're called I came across uh, snow is that is that true or false like i i remember I reading something that's false i don't yeah i don't think so i saw someone mention that rivers is the would be like if, um oh shoot i totally forgot the um river runs mm. uh, bastard name and that he should have been um gendry waters okay um but yeah, no, I mean, I think to I think this was one of the only two important scenes that happened in this entire span. And I am leaving out a scene because I think it it was completely undone by the end of the, the episode. Okay. Um, but we see, because this is when, when Danny calls him out and it's a little tense, but like you kind of know she's not going to like off Gendry in the middle. <laughs> of like, she's like, thank you for your service. Like, <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, and it's it's clearly a she play. might by the way still to everyone else yeah. we'll see yeah. but yeah go ahead um she makes a play to kind of like placate him by you know legitimizing him and giving him control of storm's end mm-hmm. uh, storm's end is, is what that's where the brathians are from is that stannis's or renly's uh, place of was it stannis it, or renly that lived there it was stannis I uh, thought, it was oh wait sorry it was roberts until he became king okay and then Stannis took it. Okay. But he ends up going to Dragonstone, right? Yeah, he went to Dragonstone after Robert died because he was he was heir, and then Renly stayed behind, and then all that happened. Okay. Um, but but I think this was this was actually very important because it started to, to it kind of, and this is again where the time compression is not working it started to plant the seeds of what you're alluding at is of this, the mad queen theory. Yeah. yeah. Is that we see Danny. She's like, Oh, she does this move. And she's like, nailed it. Nice job, Danny. Um, it's- and then like two seconds later, she sees all the northerners like circling with John. Yeah. And like Tormund, 
who I, I loved this. He did so well on this whole like this whole thing, but like, yeah. he was sitting there basically like, John, you should be king. We all love you. Yeah. And she's like sitting right there, and and like John is very aware, and like turns back awkwardly to Danny, and I think this is the scene where the coffee cup was, and it's sort of like, yeah, don't listen to him. That's like that's not my thing. And we see that she's she is um, she's not uh, comfort. That's not the right word I'm looking for. She's not um, she's not like taking ownership, I guess. I'm still not thinking of the right word. No, basically, she's concerned that John is is beginning to uh, unintentionally build up support for his claim. that right. No one else knows that she does, but she's starting to see that. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a natural leader, right? She's starting to, and, and, yeah, and she wants as. Oh, much. I was gonna say, and she, and he's not, and she's not, uh, still doesn't really have the support of the North. No, definitely not, and you can kind of see it. I, th- the Gendry thing, I think, is a play to gain more favor, gain more, excuse me, gain more allies, gain more favor with you know the with Storm Zen people, with the North, with kind of just make everyone happy. Like you yeah. can, you can tell. I think from even from this episode that. She's trying to win people over by certain things, certain things she's doing, and they're really not working. And I think we'll get there. Like, I, there's so many. Like, I want to get through the plot as fast as possible because there's so many questions that I think we should talk about in this episode, including kind of the Mad Queen theory, um, or the Mad Queen's theory, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a second. Okay, so she legitimizes King Robert Baratheon's bastard, saying you're no longer. Um, Gendry uh, Rivers, but you're Gendry Baratheon of Storm's End, and and Davos kind of cheers that and acknowledges that. Um, and so boom, like Gendry no longer bastard, legitimized uh by uh Queen uh Danny. Okay, so uh other things that happen in this scene, uh we get uh we get uh. Tyrion and and Jamie and and Brienne and Podrick, good old like such an awesome callback from uh previous season when it was Tyrion and Bronn and uh uh Shay playing that game in the tent right before the battle of uh uh, uh something wood something uh, where Jamie gets captured. Do you remember that one? Oh right 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 yeah. um that one and uh so that happens Whispering what Whispering Woods? Yep 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 yep. Uh, we get that one, and then a couple of. I mean, you're gonna have to help me with the plot here. And then I, you know, I, I don't know if we're skipping things, but, um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, the, really, the only so out of this night, the only other big moment was sort of the like. Well, we have Arya being proposed to yeah, by Gendry. God. That's a that's a scene that happens. You can't see my eyes rolling. <laughs> um, so Gendry goes up to Arya, proposes to her, lets her lets her know, hey, I'm the I'm the I'm now uh, Gendry Baratheon of Storm's End. I need a lady. Will you be my lady? Proposing her a marriage, and she's like, you know, and she got hit with the old "I love you like a brother." <laughs> I well, I kind of saw it as just like, kind of in a way, but more of that. I, I like the callback of her conversation with Ned Stark all the way back in the day, mm-hmm. where she was like, "I'm," you know that's not this is not me like i'm not this type of person uh she also had the same conversation with nymeria when nymeria showed back up a couple seasons back when she said when she asked nymeria to come with her and she was like but that's not you 
you know I, I thought that was kind of a cool callback to those to those scenes um aria is starting to kind of get on my nerves too because uh later on in the show she also uh leaves with the hound presumably to never come back to winterfell but even before that she's all about like john we're your family 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 and then the next scene i'm never coming back <laughs> i don't know Please. man we're getting there we're getting there we're getting there um but let's talk about the scene i think that uh deserves mo- our most attention it's when Tormund is talking to john and saying all the heroic things that john has done you know he's been killed for he's been killed for doing the right thing but he always comes back and he fights and he fights and he fights and no matter what he'll always do the right thing he's either a madman or he's a king and that's when danny starts to realize i think that hey like this guy whether he wants it or not has the support of the people or and if he wanted to probably could end up being on the iron throne um and then double the fact that she knows his true parentage his true heritage that technically he is in line for the Iron Throne even before she is. Um, there are a couple things that you wanted to say about that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the... Because um... we also follow up that scene with, you know, her being in the room alone with, you know, John's kind of drunk there and she comes in the room. Yeah. And she's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> she's like, whatever. Like, is it okay? it's okay if you're on, okay? Like, you know, but Targaryens have always done that, right? Like, but still she, she bet, like... For the first time, like we've never seen this side of Danny, like where she begs him not to tell anyone, and he's like, "I ha- like, like even before he what he opened his mouth, I was like, but he has to do the right. Like it's Jon Snow. He he's so honorable. He has to do the right thing. He's gonna tell someone. He's gonna tell his family, and that's what he says. Yeah, he's like, I have to tell Arya and Sansa, and they they deserve the truth. Um, and she basically gives him an ultimatum. Uh, she's like, well, there is a way back to me. Because he wants, like, he loves her. She loves him. They want to be together. But the, the they're trying to create, I think the writers are trying to create this divide of just, this is something that's going to get in the way of them being together. Uh, who knows? Yeah, and it's, it was, um, it was part of, like, so this is, like, the first of three kind of important scenes that kind of sets up. I yeah, think, go, the, go, go, go. Do it. The, the transition to, um... The, the mad queen theory yeah um and so the first one this is her and, and so like i think you did a good job recapping the second one is the, the first one is her seeing i think with her own eyes and really confirming that like john has a base of support to call on if he ever cho- chose to right um and so i think that starts to make her uneasy that's the word i was looking for uneasy. okay okay yeah um, yep, yep, yep. definitely uneasy <laughs> for then, sure and then John is is a little a little buzzed in the room, and she kind of is like, "Hey, like, can we go back to the way things were? were things were?" And he was kind of like, "Yeah." First off, he was like, "Yeah, you're my aunt," and then she's like, "Whatever." Um, <laughs> well, and, she, and well, she's it, definitely like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, and I saw someone. It was a little non sequitur. I saw someone discussing the episode, and they were like, "Isn't it weird that like this is happening?" And they're like, well, "Yes, to us it is weird, but like, she was being like." she was on her way to being married to her brother. So like in a weird way, a nephew who she's literally never met until like a few months ago, like it's less weird. <laughs> does, does John like we, I think we know that Danny loves John. He, she did all these. I mean, you don't bring, you don't say no to the throne, risk your entire army to help out 
I mean, the cause is big. Like, obviously, like, we have to deal with death. Because if you don't, there is no Iron Throne. And so we know that she loves him. Does John want, like, love her? Like, or want to marry her back? Because I don't, I don't fully buy into that. I don't, I don't know anymore. I, yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I think on the one hand, you could kind of make the argument that he's in the similar boat that she was where he's in love with in the show <laughs> in love with egret i think i think there's still that sort of like oh yeah 100 moment and now that it's gone it's sort of it, i think he i i if we had a full episode yeah or a full season Go. i think you, you could have seen that I, i'm less i'm less confident of that now i think it's sort of for him, I think it's less serious than it is for her. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if we've seen enough. Like, I could see it almost sense the sense I get from him as it is sort of more of a, which is weird for him, but like a fling. Like, it's not as serious. Whereas I think she, like, essentially has said, like, no, nah, like, I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. And so in the scene, like, she kind of, like, they're starting to do stuff because he's the one that like, stops oh, it, right? Like he stops it, right? Like total, like yeah. That's what I got from like, the, uh, that scene. Because he's just like, oh, we can't, yeah, we can't do this. Like, yeah, there's, there's, like there's he knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over this relationship, right? Um, and then I, I, not to to jump ahead, but um, and then we finally have the there's a scene where they're kind of they're actually taking stock of like what's left of the army. Yep. And this is after he the battle scene. He he, he says like, okay, I won't tell anyone. And there's a moment where he like very, very clearly, kind of contradicts um, Sansa, and, and when she's she's pleading to to leave the troops and let them rest for a couple weeks, um, and Danny's like, "Yo, I helped you. You need to help me." And and John is like, we're, "We're helping you. Like we're we're all in on this. I'm following you." And I I think he even says like, "You're our," you know that kind of stuff as like a sort of public display of of his support for her. So yeah. And then I think at that point their their storylines diverged again, um, you know. So we kind of see this little mini arc of, but that's all in the context of he he does tell his his sibling, and at that point, whenever you add someone else into the the secret, it's just bound to get out. I mean, it's game. And, and he made for the sure. mistake of telling. I mean, not that he knows this, but he made the mistake of telling. Someone else, essentially, than the most political yeah. character left on the show in Sansa, and she immediately went and like started telling people. <laughs> um. Well, let's talk about a couple things that you mentioned here. Uh, by the way, want to mention? Never thought in a million years, but I think Sansa is the one who's really impressed me the most in this show so far, um, this season. Um, but. The scene in the in the in the battle room when they're coming up with their plans to kind of defeat Cersei and kind of taking account of all the armies that is that bef- that's before he tells them the secret, right? Uh, I feel like it is. That's a great question because I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I'm, we like again. Listen, I think it's so wa- sorry. I think it was. It has to. Because, it has to be because that's why they're they're pissed off in the weirwood. Right. They're like, yo, what are you doing? Like, All right. Well, let's go back to that room. So uh, there's a couple. I mean, obviously, we can talk about many different things. Um, some awesome dialogue between the Hound and Sansa, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I don't know how you saw that scene. Like, it was weird at first. I was like, 
uh it sounds interested but then i think she was just get, getting closure from a lot of like from from i think this was the first time she talked to the hound since he came back on the show and she's had a history with the hound. i mean they share they share a common person in joffrey uh he knows kind of a lot of things about Sansa especially like her him saving Sansa back in King's Landing he brings up you know the little bird which I thought that was cool we get another scene when Jamie and Brienne you know finally happens uh we get a funny scene with Tormund <laughs> being heartbroken oh, uh poor guy. oh man you gotta feel for Tormund here um but then we get to the room then we get to that room and um uh you know one of the things I liked about it was that how Sansa was being so smart and it feels like she's the only one left with logic on the show. Um, where she's like, we have to like, we like that. I almost get the sense like Sansa would make a good, a good, uh, person for the throne in a way. Cause she's the, she's the only one who's talking about, you know, talking to the officers, seeing, you know, resting, taking account early in early in early episodes, she was taking account of how much food they have, you know, how much shoulders they have, stuff like that. Um, and of course we get the conversation, you know, with Danny, she brings up, Hey, like I'm the one who, uh, took my armies, brought them here to fight your war. Now it's, now it's time to repay the debt, right? Like, you know, quote unquote. Right. And John comes, you know, to her rescue and saying, Hey, like, yes, the North is fully behind you. Uh, this is what, like, we have to do this now. Like, and then they come up with the plan and then kind of goes, kind of goes over two scenes that are huge. Number one, we get the scenes at the Weirwood tree, uh, with John finally telling, uh, Sansa and Arya through Bran, uh, which I don't know, like, uh, I thought was interesting that they didn't show their reactions. Um, they kind of just like, okay, like John said to Bran, okay, tell them and then cut like end scene. Like, I thought that was an interesting take. I don't know if it was to save time or that we kind of just know how they would feel about it honestly we don't see how Arya feels about it we do see how Sansa feels about it and she's on the uh her favorite like basically like there's two places Sansa if if you're going to go to Winterfell and you're like hey where's Sansa there's two places you're going to find her on the balcony where Ned and you know where we see Ned in in, in season one and, and then she's also like on the castle like wall a lot of the time and and you know she has this nice con- she has a conversation with Tyrion and Tyrion's asking what's wrong and then of course that's when <laughs> Sansa tells Tyrion uh but before we go any further um thoughts on anything I kind of just said there uh I actually thought the werewood tree scene was really was was really well done okay especially the context of like especially in the context of the the episode title of the last Starks of like you know they're making this this plea to John to be like, you know, we're really the only ones like we only have each other. Yeah, like they're, they're kind of saying like we're the, we only trust each other and right. And then he's kind of like, oh, about that. And that's like when he kind of breaks the news and like I, I think there's a little bit of kind of groan inducing like of course they're gonna tell everyone. But on the other hand, I like yeah, I was gonna get out one way or another. Um, so I think this makes sense, and and then that John is is he's been consistently naive enough to believe mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I think I, I think it all made sense, and like, um, I yeah, I, I was fine with it. I, I thought it was well done. Um, do you do you think um, Arya and Sansa see Mad? They've seen Mad Queen, like they've seen the theory of the Mad Queen 
in her and that's the reason why they don't trust her the most because they can kind of they can see a scenario where that does come true and that's why they don't want her to be the queen or that's why at least they don't trust her in a sense or do you like do you buy because Arya says you know John we don't trust your like we don't trust your queen like like there's something about her do you think that's I, I think it's I don't think it's anything like specific I think it's just general mistrust because um, she's not I from the north or that she's never been over here or like where do you think that mistrust comes from yeah I think yeah not not from the north yeah um, I think this is you know what the second or third time now that the the north has sort of been roped into this idea of like we're gonna take back the Iron Throne yeah um, you know with Rob and 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 then sort of John um, I, I think and, and I think Sansa is looking pragmatically yeah. towards the idea of the North is just not going to keep playing this game and like we're our own group yeah um, and so she's like if you want to take the throne go for it but we are we are the North and like you can rule six kingdoms like that kind of an idea mm-hmm. um, and so I think she's re- trying to reconcile that uh, philosophy with the idea of Daenerys being the queen and, and sort of the status quo continuing just under someone else. Um, you know, I don't I don't believe they any, have any particular um, grievance with the Targaryens, mm-hmm. um, especially in, in light of the, how the Lyanna situation actually played out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's anything like I don't think they're they are, are being like, you know, Daenerys cray cray. Like, I don't think it's any of that kind of a thing. I think it is just we don't trust them because they're not a Stark and they're not a Northerner. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I also, like, for me, I, I see it as I think they kind of see that she could go kind of cuckoo, like, on the on a whim. Um, I think it starts with her having those dragons. I think it starts with... Uh, her burning um, the Tarleys, like you can kind of like they've. I think everything they've seen so far, uh, like you can, they can. I think they can swing both ways. Like they, they, they know she might be a good queen because John keeps saying it, but they also don't trust her fully because she kind of has a habit of just kind of being an emotional person um, in a lot of different ways. Um, okay, so um, let's. I mean, I kind of want to wrap up Winterfell. Like, I mean a couple other major scenes um Tormund decides to go back north with the wildlings I don't know man the whole ghost thing a lot of people were very upset with I I don't I didn't even I didn't I th- like for me there's a lot of things in the show that I'm just like I roll my eyes at and I'm just like all right we get it like people are gonna be mad about this but like what do you want them to do you know like yeah. like I mean, th- it's almost like the Night King right like Night King they put so much emphasis on him. They kind of set themselves up badly because they, you know, we, we were set, up, we were led to think that he was going to be an important character. He ha- he was going to be someone to deal with. He was going to have motives. And then they're like, no, never mind. Forget, forget, forget all that. Same thing with ghosts. We were led to, you know, think he was an important person, to John, or sorry, important creature to John. We were led to think that he was going to have a huge part in the story. Maybe have a heroic moment. And just like at the, at this point, it's like a lot of the writing has to like you have to just like cut your losses and just go. Like that's kind of how I felt about Ghost. There was a thing I read where um, apparently um, Starks and Direwolves have always had 
like a telekinesis. They can speak without speaking thing. I think that was in the books or like it was mentioned. Um, and maybe they had a moment of, you know, John being, maybe it being too painful to say goodbye, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, all right, man, I get it. Like, I don't know. I think one of their VFX like directors basically said it was just too difficult. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, <laughs> pragmatically. Yeah. For, I mean, obviously that's the real reason why they couldn't do anything. But. Uh, I, I will I, very, I don't, I shouldn't even say I have, if you wander anywhere near any game of Thrones, form it is rumored that this is not the last we will see of ghosts okay right. so that sort of explains why it was a bit of a like let down uh, he didn't even pet him goodbye like <laughs> i don't know such a good boy man he went into yeah. the he went head first into he's <laughs> missing an ear for you you know all right whatever we'll move on um we get a couple get out of winterfell we'll get out. <laughs> you just go boy uh we've got a couple other scenes that were pretty important um in Winterfell, uh, which I'm drawing a blank for. Is there any like? I mean, because well, we I, well, I want to. I don't. I want to save. I want to save the Jamie thing for the end. I I would love to talk about that, and I want to. Yeah. Stay in Winterfell until we get there. Um, but I'm thinking that's pretty much it. I mean, Arya leaves with the Hound. They have a nice conversation of kind of doing unfinished business. I'm wondering. Well, we all know Clegane Bowl is coming. Um, we know that uh, Arya still has. Two names on her list, specifically the mountain and specifically uh, Cersei. So we'll see. I think we'll see who gets who gets a chance to kill Cersei. I don't. I have many different theories on that, and we'll get to that in a second. So that's another big scene that happened right outside Winterfell or in Winterfell. Um, am I forgetting anything else, Max? Uh, People are yelling right now in, into their radios or into their uh, phones. Um, okay, <laughs> so then uh, we obviously leave Winterfell and we get to King's Landing. Um, yes. And we get to King's Landing kind of quick, you know, uh, they, uh, I think the hound or someone mentioned that it would take a fortnight to get there, which is about two weeks. And so I don't know if we skip two weeks or whatever, but anyway, we get, we get to win, we get to King's Landing. Uh, it's all peaceful. It's all kind of like a heroic charge. We have the Targaryen ships that are coming through on uh, Blackwater Bay or the water through the water. Uh, we know that John has taken kind of the Northern Army and the rest of the Unsullied, or not? Yeah, the Unsullied, right? The rest of the some of the Unsullied uh, and some of the rest, kind of, and basically, basically the Vale, who basically who's <laughs> yeah, basically who's not in on those ships and and who's with uh, on with uh, with Daenerys. And you know, we get this nice scene of, of the dragons flying over King's Landing and. Oh, yo, sorry. You, yeah. You said King's Landing. They're, they're at Dragonstone. Wait. There, uh, there was one quick scene at King's Landing. Um, it was basically just Cersei pushing all the all the peasants into the Red Keep. Oh, yes. So that Danny wouldn't burn it down. Yeah. Well. I, but I think that's was literally the scene. Yeah. No, Dragon. No, no, no. I'm talking about the scene where they're flying when when Danny's they're flying through King's they're flying to King's Landing, like. No, that was Dragonstone. Oh, wait. Which is why it makes even less sense. But they they land on the where do they what beach do they land on when they all get like okay so all right anyway well uh, we'll get there Ray okay so is that Dragonstone no like that can't be true anyway all right so okay so uh <laughs> dude 
It's it's why it makes no sense <laughs> why like Euron in his uh, like, sniper break. fleet shows up. All right, you know what? I'm canceling the show. Forget it. Game of Thrones is a terrible show. Don't watch it anymore. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, okay. So I guess they're in the sea at Dragonstone. Maybe they just left. Dragonstone. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, man. Uh, Rhaegal gets shot down, which I didn't see coming. Did you see that coming at all? As I, I mean, I don't know. Like I didn't. Uh, I didn't see both. I thought that Rhaegal had a more important plan with being with John. I guess you know. Yeah, pretty spoiler. I did. I did not expect that. I came across and I was like, "Oh oh, no, man!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that happens. Um, and then just like Theon, uh, uh, Danny W keys Euron, uh, and then of course Euron has the best shot ever, and then all all of a sudden just loses it. Can't shoot an arrow at Danny. Misses. She runs away, and then he points um, his arrows to uh, the ships, completely destroying all the ships. I think, um, you know. And then we, w- I, I thought that was the end of the episode for some reason. And then they, we wake up, and they're all landing on a beach. Which is that Dragonstone? Like, is that Dragonstone? Yeah, that's the. Oh um, my! I thought that's that was one of the when like the um, that looked like this that that looked like the beach at King's Landing where Tyrion. Do you remember when Tyrion Davos went to King's Landing with uh, to get Gendry and to have a secret meeting with Jaime to set up the uh, the meeting? At, yeah, by like the Mudgate. Yeah, so. that yeah, looked no, like no, that. That's why weird. I was so confused, bro. Because the next scene after that is them right outside the gates of King's Landing, and that's definitely right outside the gates of King's Landing. And that, I think that's why I was so confused because it seemed almost like those two scenes back to back. Well, there was a one scene before that. It was the Brienne scene. Um, but it was just so weird. The fact that we went from, I guess, them being still at Dragonstone to the next scene, them being in front of Cersei at the wall, at the gates of King's Landing, you know? And I guess I was so jarred by that. But, hey, if... I, now I guess that makes a little more sense, but then I'll, I'll, honestly, just doesn't make any sense. Okay, so uh, we find out that um, we find out that Grey Worm survives, and Tyrion survives, and Varys uh, survives. A uh, bunch of pretty much a lot of people survive uh, from. Okay, what? All right, you just posted a picture. Okay, anyway, uh. And then they're like, Missand- uh, Grey Worm realizes Missandei's missing. And then we get a jump cut to King's Landing. By the way, if that was at Dragonstone, how the heck did Missandei end up in... I guess maybe they found her in the water. The Euron's people found her in the water and brought her to King's Landing. Like, it was just a weird... This is where it yeah. just doesn't make any sense anymore. Cersei re- like has Missandei in chains. Boom. End scene. Um, we go to Winterfell. Jamie is struggling with a decision he decides to leave winterfell brienne comes out talks to him and and he says well, all in the it's just the he overhears a conversation. well he overhears a conversation he's like so he obviously knows something's up right like yeah he's like what happened and and sansa tells him you know uh a dragon's dead the fleet is gone maybe cersei will win that's what she's basically saying and now this makes me think which we'll talk about in a second like maybe sansa has kind of a she kind of knows maybe they won't win and she has a thing up her sleeve. But anyway, this is when I think Jamie wrestles with that decision of should I leave or should I stay? Right? Like, and there's many different ways you can look at this. Um, he taught, he, before he leaves, he talks with Brienne about the, the terrible things he's done. 
uh, for Cersei. Um, and she p- tries to plead with him. Like she's always pleaded with him saying that he's such an honorable man. He's a good man. Stay with her. And you know, he has a speech about the things he's done for Cersei and how terrible he is and how he has to be with her. I don't know how you felt about like, I mean, I think the, sh- I don't know if the show writers are trying to pull a kind of a Trump card here or just like a card of just trying to trick up our sleeves or I don't know what, but like, do you, do you believe that Jamie is going to go back to like, is he addicted to search Cer- like to Cersei or is he trying to like kill her before Danny kills her? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to be real blunt. Yeah. I thought it was stupid. Yeah. Okay. How so? <laughs> so I, I, I just don't, none of it made sense. Yeah. So he overhears this conversation where basically, so Sansa kind of makes a comment about how like she had hoped that they were going to be able to put like Cersei's head on a pike or something. And it sounds like that's not going to happen. And like somehow that like makes him be like, Ah, oh, Jamie, you idiot! I need to go back. Uh, like, just about I, like, our first lap here. Not think <sighs> they were, like I don't understand where his rationale was because like I thought it was he realized. So I thought at the end of season seven, it was like a realization of like Cersei's crazy. Yeah, like she's just insane, and I'm gonna go up and fight and kind of like maybe do my own thing from there on. So he goes up there, fights, helps win the battle. Mm-hmm. All right. And yeah, and so then going up in and after he's fought in the battle, Winterfell and he comes back yeah. and, and it just none of it makes sense. It's just a weird it's yeah. a character twist for the sake of having a character twist. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I would have much rather and, and they kind of even touch on it with with his conversation with Tyrion when he's kind of like talking about how he, he you know, it's kind of in a relationship of some sort with Brienne. It's just sort of like, like you finally found like an actually good person to have a relationship with. Like, why don't you stick with that one? Yeah. Um, so it's just weird. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I kind of agree with you. There, I, I, uh, I was reading an interview this week where the writers were talking about how he doesn't think he deserves happiness because of all the terrible things he's done. Hence, that's why he when he had this conversation with Brienne where he brings up all the terrible things that he's done for Cersei, uh, the way I think, or the way I kind of rationalize it, Max, uh, before we kind of cut out there was I almost talked about him as like a drug addict and how a drug addict uh, to get clean goes through rehab. And I almost think that Jamie's drug is Cersei where I don't know if he can ever escape her because he's Mm. had such a special relationship with her his entire life. Um, I mean, pretty much since they were born, right, as twins, and um, and the fact that just like he, I don't think he, one way or another, he has to end up with Cersei, whether it's actually ending ending up with Cersei or being the one to put her out of her misery. But again, at the same time, it's like I feel like we've all expected at this point the writers to have very special, um. What what uh, redemption moments just like Theon or redemption circles like Theon how he came full circle and we were almost rooting for Jamie to come full circle and almost felt like he did come full circle in a sense am I am I still here yep good yep. um but yeah man like I I don't know if I'm a big fan of of what went down because I just feel like Jamie is made 
probably the most out of any character has made strides to kind of come to full circle in, in terms of redemption, in terms of character development. Like he's probably him and I feel like him and probably just him has had the biggest, I think character development since season one. Um, so I just thought it was a weird play. I mean, we don't know how it's going to end up. Um, maybe it'll end up good. Maybe it'll end up bad. Maybe he'll end up being the queen slayer. Uh, and like we don't know like but it's it's like and maybe maybe he wants to keep Brienne safe by telling her you know like you know how like when people want to keep people safe like in a lot of like for example in a lot of superhero movies when they um have a love interest and and they have to go on a dangerous mission sometimes they'll like break their heart uh, you know to keep them away and keep to keep them it never works right like Maybe that's what he did with Brienne, break break her heart so he, she could be safe in Winterfell because he know he knows it's gonna like he knows from that conversation from Sansa it's not gonna end up well on either side, right? Like like obviously like obviously um hello hello yep obviously uh uh Danny's gonna burn the whole, the whole thing down, right? Like maybe like it just seems like that way and he kind of sees that and so that's kind of how I rationalize it, Max. But then again, it's like. I don't know. Like I, I don't. For the first time in a long time, I don't know what's gonna happen with Jamie's character. Honestly. Yeah, I, just, I, I thought it was both stupid, and then I'm, I'm more, a little more seriously. It's just, I think it's just disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I. It's only disappointing, so. I think, if it doesn't end the way I think we think it's gonna end for him. But you know, yeah. we'll see. All right. Let's get to the very last scene. Uh, with. Danny and her unsullied, by the way, uh, showing up at the gates of <laughs> of King's Landing. Time again. We don't. I don't know how time works in the show anymore. Um, I think I know how time works in Endgame better than I know how time works in the show. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, but but uh, we get them at the gates. Uh, Tyrion uh, talks to Kyburn. Both hands talk to each other, and Tyrion's pleading with Kyburn, "Hey, like we don't want to see the." The, we don't want to see King's Landing burn. Like, let's let's figure this out. And she's like, "Well, the only way we're gonna do that is if Danny bends the knee." And Tyrion says the same. The only you know, the only way we're not gonna do that is if she bends the knee. And then he goes past her. And here we go again with the logic in the show. Like, there's a moment where she could kill him, and like she, sh- for all intents and purposes, should have killed him or them. I don't understand what is. I just don't understand anymore. Maybe you can break it down in a second here. Um, anyway, it doesn't work. Uh, she ends up uh, killing Missandei, uh, which I thought very interesting. Killing Missandei. Like, I was fine with that death. Like, whatever. Like, either either Grey Worm died last episode or Missandei was going to die in the next couple episodes. And there you go. Uh, and her final words, by the way, Drakkar is uh, basically uh, talking to Danny to burn the whole thing down. And, and then we... And then uh, Max, we get our uh, we get our Mad Queen kind of look there at the end. Mad Queens, by the way, because I think both of them are mad. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead, break it down for us, Max. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see some people um, kind of question the why they were all just like in a, like cool with each other, like yeah. chatting. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could argue it's um, <laughs> from one of the, the scenes from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where they, they call parlay, um, you know, where they, they, they agree we will not shoot each other, we will talk. Um, and then Cersei's like, 
nah, no, yeah, no more talking. Kind of yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it is, I think it is what it is. It, it was just the thing that stood out to me and somebody noticed is that for some reason, when they filmed the shot, they used the location that they previously used for Karth. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not King's Landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can totally see that. is suddenly in a desert. <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting that, yeah, inter- yeah, because a lot of this, like, even I think I, I saw um, on YouTube, because I watch like a lot of YouTube breakdowns of the episodes, I, I was watching the scene where, um, they, they mentioned the scene where Cersei looks out into King's Landing. And then they juxtaposed it with an earlier, like the episode where she blows up the keep. Oh, uh, the sorry, not the keep, the um, the Septon. And it's like a completely different. Like it doesn't even look the same. Like, and you know, I yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they've had great continuity at all. Yeah. I think over the series, I think it's kind of changed. Like sometimes it's been like nestled in like hills, and other times it's been this like like uh, peninsula that sticks out. So it's kind of like I think they play with how it looks depending on what they need. I mean, yeah ultimately irrelevant but it was just kind of interesting that that was they chose that for it um i think the the most important piece out of that is obviously kind of the look on on daenerys at the end um of kind of cementing this idea that and again and to go back to like we were talking about at the beginning like i actually some people are like oh it's stupid that it's she's becoming the mad queen i disagree i actually think it makes a lot of sense like if you look at this in the whole the arc of the the series she's gone from basically very passive to being i am the queen i'm going to take the throne back and she yeah. spends literally seasons putting together an army to invade yep she comes over and then is immediately like besieged by john saying like yo there's a bunch of dead people trying to overrun this this continent mm. so we need you to take everyone up there and so she's like I'm going to go invade. And then they're like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then loses a dragon, her children, one of her, one of her children. And then, so she loses, she loses Viserion. And then they go to the battle of Winterfell. She loses a ton of people there. Some of her most, her closest allies and friends. <laughs> basically half, and, basically say half of everything, which I find very surprising that it's that's, only that's half of everything. I mean, um, I mean, 100%. Uh, and, the Throcky for sure. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. she has her fleet goes down, so more of the fleet is taken out. She loses Rhaegal. Yeah, uh, Missandei is captured mm-hmm. and then executed in front of her. Like, I could see how that is gonna, you know, that that could make someone break. Like, oh this is yeah, not, this is not how she planned it to go. So Definitely not for sure. Final thing of like, and especially with Missandei being like, you know, essentially saying burn it to the ground. Yep. Of her just kind of flipping that switch and going like, going from the person who's like, I'm going to break the wheel to I'm going to light the wheel on fire kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. Like, I think it makes sense. But like I was saying at the beginning, it's just happening too quickly. Sure. In in the span of an hour, she went from normal, well adjusted to. Daenerys to I'm gonna have a dragon I'm gonna burn down King's Landing Daenerys like sure. so it's just there's it's like whiplash where you're just trying to catch up to what the writers have written where this should have been a season long arc of starting the season episode one of her being normal and dropping those hints and by episode nine or ten you're like oh she's crazy like that's just not happening yeah um 
do you okay so my theory is we have we have two we ha- i think we we have two mad queens i think in or two well one potential mad queen either danny or cersei uh which i'm leaning towards more of cersei and i think they might be playing a card with I don't, but I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Amelia Clark's character because it's just like, I can see her going full Mad Queen. Can, I can also see her like continuing to just like, especially with the, with John being part of the picture, like John appealing to her, you know, her, her more sensible side. Um, but we just don't know. I Do you think part of the problem is that they're, they're like going way too fast and trying to like, they're, they're telling us that she's going to become crazy rather than like allowing I think things to naturally come into play where we can believe that she could be the mad queen. Do you think that's part of the problem? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's, I think that's the root of like 80% yeah. of the issues that the show yeah, is running into. Sure. Oh, just, 100%. They just don't have time for stuff to develop naturally. Yeah. So they, te- yeah. they, they more of like, they more, they like basically tell us rather than show us in a lot of different, yeah. in, in a lot of different plot points. Do you okay? And I think, yeah. and I think the certain moments aren't being given the space to breathe. Like so, I, I mean, Rhaegal's death, like it should be a big moment. There's there were three dragons. One was killed, and it was there was a big deal made of that. Of like where we see the kind of the the toll that it took on Daenerys, where she sat down and, and spoke to John and was like, you know, he, he's apologizing to her. And she's explaining why Viserion was so important. It wasn't just a dragon, but she's she can't have children. Yeah. And one of it was she watched essentially one of her children die. And and that was the first kind of like seeds of their romance of them kind of connecting through this like shared grief. And that's why I think it was so powerful. And in this, it was just like pew pew pew, and then he died. And I think nothing. There was no like That's basically how it happened. Yeah, exploration of how that happened, and and like the effects on it, other than like someone being like, maybe he survived, and someone's like, no, I saw him sinking. Yep. You know, and it's just kind of like Again, it was just very matter of fact. Yeah. 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 So there and there wasn't like that should have been something that like really stuck with people, and like it just didn't. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wrap this thing up in a nice little bow here. Uh, we're looking towards, I think the last two episodes, right? This is Max, the penultimate, penultimate episode. Am I saying the right penultimate, penultimate, penultimate. Uh, the upcoming episode is the penultimate. Yeah. The penultimate episode. And so in, in, in series past, we've had major penultimate episodes. I mean, we had hard home, I think was one of the ones that was a penultimate episode. We had battle the, bastards i think was one of them this is a big one um this is the one i think that's going to tell us a lot about how the show is going to end in my opinion uh particularly what's going to happen with danny um and cersei i think um because i think a lot a lot i want to say a lot of people are going to die but i I said that in episode three like not a lot of people died but we'll see uh are do you my question for you, and then we'll kind of end on a positive note after this, because we're just, if, if it seems like we're nitpicking a lot, it's because we are, and we apologize, like, <laughs> that we're so negative on this. But, I mean, we, that's kind of how we feel. Like, we're trying to process it all, right? Like, do you uh, subscribe to Danny going full Mad Queen, or do you think that she 
can stick to her break the wheel montage mantra. Sorry. Uh, so I almost I might need to plead the fifth because I I've seen some some leaks I've seen. What is have, wrong with you, Max? Like, okay, I have not searched them out. They okay. popped up. Oh, um, I think my guess is just because I think. Yeah. I don't think they can go off of the track of her being yeah. not being the Mad Queen. Okay. All right. Um, I'll I'll leave it at that. I th- I think no matter what, that's the direction there, that's that where okay go. Part of the problem is that they don't have time left. So whatever path they've chosen, they kind of have to keep going down. I mean, like with Jamie, they've they've already committed to him maybe being with Cersei. Danny going full Mad Queen. Cersei going full Mad Queen. Uh, Arya and, and Hound having to go to Clegane Bowl. Um, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Jon? Who knows what's going to happen with Sansa? There's a, there's a couple answers we still need with those characters. But yeah, like... Yeah, I I can see that. I mean, a lot of our problems are just there's no time left, Max, and we have to just kind of cut bait and go, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, to kind of end on, I didn't want to just make this an episode about being negative. Uh, <laughs> so, Max, are there any positives uh, that you've taken out from this episode? Please have um, one. <laughs> I, it's, it's, yeah, it's actually. Um, it's a scene we, we didn't touch on, I yeah, don't think. Perfect. But um it was a, a return to the um kind of the rhetorical debates in the the empty throne room. Um we had Tyrion and Varys having a very yeah very deep conversation that I thought was a it, it showed the heights that the show could get to. Right. Of these two people arguing. Um and I think both sides, you know, making like it was just a very well done scene. Like I think it was it was beautifully shot, and I think the For writing sure. was really well done. Um, and I think Varys has gone. I saw some people being like, because he's essentially suggesting treason to, yeah. to overthrow Daenerys. Yep. And people are like, oh, that's stupid. Why would he do that? And it's like he's actually been the most consistent because he, from the very beginning, has oh, yeah. always said, "I only support what's best for the realm." Oh yeah. And if that if to achieve that goal means I have to change sides, I will change sides. And he's, he's proven that he is for better or worse. He has followed that mantra. Oh yeah. And I think that was just such a, it was a reminder for like two minutes of like, I think those, like those scenes of Littlefinger and Varys in the empty throne room with the iron throne in the background. And like, yep. Um, just kind of those, those those just deep conversations where it was just two people talking um and it was just i really enjoyed that and it's just i think the nature of just the the storylines made those less relevant or it 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 was different more difficult to make them happen naturally so it was nice to see another one of those scenes kind of pop up yeah um Definitely, and I think it was just a callback. Like I think we joked in like the first episode, there was like a, <laughs> there was a maybe a, a wink and a nod to the kind of the quote unquote sex position scenes that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think in an episode of, in season of callbacks, um, it was a I think a nice bright spot. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. Probably um, my positive out of this is you know regardless of whatever we think or what regardless of how you think the show and I'm not talking to you Max specifically just talking to kind of overall the watchers of Game of Thrones and just kind of however you see the show or however you see the show going it's like 
we almost have to kind of live with what they're doing like even if it doesn't make us happy and mm-hmm. i'd ra- like i would rather them just commit to like i've i've come to the realization that this is not our story this is benioff and weiss's story this is this is kind of george r's story in a way i guess but more so the duo uh of game of thrones you know and um, I'd rather have them commit to one thing and, and just kind of go that way, like regardless of whatever happens. Like, I mean, it's like I'll preface that by saying the thing you said in the beginning, right? Like you're not going to please everybody, you know? And um, I do like the fact that they did set up a lot of like major, like they they still haven't forgotten about kind of the major question. And, and that question is who's going to be on the Iron Throne at the end, you know? And they've hinted at... Danny being on it, they've hinted at John being on it. Um, I don't see a way Cersei can be on it because I just think that that character is going to die in the next one or two episodes. Um, but at the same time, it's like who is going to be in the Iron Throne, and I think that's that's a question they have to answer by the end, uh, or if there's going to be okay. an Iron Throne. So <laughs> we will see. Any closing notes, Matt, Max? Uh, no. I mean, I think I would just echo what I said at the beginning. Is like I think. I think some of the criticism is fair. Yeah. I also think, as the internet is wont to do, the criticism is overblown. Sure. Um, I think <laughs> I'm sit somewhere in the middle. Is I think they've done some things that I would not like. I did not like them to do. I think the other stuff is fine. Um, I I am just interested to see. It, no matter what, we will get closure to this to the series. Um, sure. Whether or not the individual storylines kind of. Um, close sufficiently is I think probably TBD but yeah I mean I, I'm trying to look on the bright side in that we have two episodes some 160 170 minutes left yeah and so I think from my mindset is really trying to be like I want to enjoy the what we have left right of this you know eight nine year run um, and I don't want to I, not to not to to say that other people's feelings on it aren't aren't to, to invalidate right the anger some people have, but I don't want it to be I don't want it to be a, a scenario of me hate watching something, and so I'm trying to like be positive of like it's not perfect, sure, but it 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 was still on balance one of the greatest shows that's been put on television and if it doesn't end as strongly as we would have hoped then it's probably still like most shows like i I think shows and movies that have like amazing ending endings are rare yeah for Uh, sure so that's just kind of my thought and I, i would i would encourage people who are frustrated by the direction to kind of keep an open mind and just sort of enjoy the run yeah i mean and and maybe maybe the book will be different and we'll have a more satisfying and, and you can just kind of pretend this didn't exist. And that's um, what it comes down to, man, George, just finish the book, buddy. Just finish the book. <laughs> yeah. We need I the book. Too. Just finish the just book. Just finish it, dude. Just like we are going to finish this show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 21 titled eight Oh four. The last of the Starks in review. Again, we thank you so much for listening to the show. We appreciate every single download, every single comment, every single share, whatever it is. We appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to listen to the show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud on Google Play. 
hopefully going to be on Spotify one day, hopefully going to be on Anchor, stuff like that. But just stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also follow us on Twitter at Fortitude, F-O-R-7, I-T-U-D-E, I-T-U-D-E, excuse me. You can follow Max at Maxwell Bennett. You can also follow this podcast and put your questions on the show. We'd love to have some questions, especially for the season finale, which would be awesome, at Ice and Firecast on Twitter. Other than that, Max, that's pretty much it, man. Anything else? No. I think we'll we'll chat next week. Miguel Shapachnik is coming back for episode five. Bring us home, Miguel. Bring us home. (laughs) Bye, guys. Have a good week. See ya.